Books is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, welcome back to another edition of Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. And with me is a repeat guest. Um, her words are really gold, and it's uh, she's she's got a brand new edition of her book. And if you have it, I'm just going to tell you, order another one. I did. I did it. My copy came in. I immediately posted a review on Amazon. But it's called The Self-Publisher's Legal Handbook. It's updated. Um, and a lot of it, and I'll ask Helen why she did the update. And going in, our, our, our guest is Helen Sedwick. She's based on the West Coast. And, and I really love what Publishers Weekly said, one of the top five resource books for indie authors. Forward Magazine, one of the most valuable resources a self-publisher can own. And I'm going to say indie publisher. And, you know, frankly, any author, I don't care who you publish with. Well-written and authoritative, yet unhampered by legalese. And, and you know, that's the big plus here, is that when we really strive on Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing, to cut down, get rid of the crap, get down to the core so you understand the concepts and what to do and how to use it. So I, I think, first of all, Helen, welcome back to the program. Glad to be here. So, I, you know, I asked you off the air, and I'm going to go ahead and throw it on the air. So what's new? What's improved? Um, why? Because you, this, the, your other edition really wasn't that old. Uh, I, I published it three years ago, and in those three years, I've gotten thousands of questions from writers, either at conferences or email or, or comments on posts, and I heard what worries writers most on the legal side. And I realized, okay, there's some things that I need to cover that I didn't cover in the first book, or I need to spend more time on. I, mm. One of the topics that I, the, the, the number one thing I get questions about is writing about real people and using real names. So I expanded on that discussion. Uh, and other areas include using pen names um, and, and a more hands hands-on explanation about how to set up the business part of writing. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the topics, and sometimes I just took some, I just explained some concepts in a new way. Uh, I just have had a chance to learn from writers uh, what it is they need, and to make it, I, I really strived in the first edition and in the second edition to make this really user friendly. Uh, I'm not out to intimidate anybody or to show off or anything like that. I'm, I, it's, it's a handbook. It's supposed to be useful. So I just have this urge to be useful. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a terrific book. So I'm going to highly recommend it to everyone, the self-publisher's legal handbook. Make sure you get the second edition. It's got a black cover. 
So you'll know the difference. I think it's a good idea when we change our covers a little bit so people know what they're looking for when, there, when there's a new improved version. So you know, let's jump. I'm going to jump into the pen name thing because I get that hit a lot too, Helen, that that when should I use a pen name? So I, and I always want to ask, well, why are you considering using a pen name? Because now we're talking about developing a whole new persona. You know, in a lot of ways to really get going there and that, you know, what what's the reason and are you prepared to do another website? I mean, that's one of the things I'm going to throw at them right away because they don't think about that, you know, and then are you going to be doing media? How are you going to show up? Are you going to show up as the real you or or your other persona? Those are some of the questions I get into. Yeah, the bottom line is you can use a pen name, but it will make your life more difficult. And people don't realize it. They think it's going to make it life easier because Mm -hmm. they can kind of hide behind this pen name and not have to answer for what they're writing. But ultimately, you have to have two identities. You have to try to keep them straight. Um, There are ways to have – there are many reasons to have a pen name. One of the best might be that your name happens to be Stephen King, and so you can't really – publish under that name, or it's a common name, or it's difficult to spell or difficult to find. So you can think of a pen name as being kind of a brand, your brand name, and that you don't really try to hide that it's you. It just might be a shorter version of your name, it might be your maiden name, or your nickname, something where you don't really have to have a separate identity because it's very open that it's you. Um, That makes sense. But in terms of hiding who you are, I think you're going to find uh, it be very difficult to maintain that secrecy. You're probably going to blow it at some point. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and all that work. And that it will just make, and that if there's something in your writing that you're really afraid of, um, if, it may be that the fear is ungrounded. That should be looked at. Or if it really is, you know, you're really writing the tell all about somebody with the deep pocket, you know, work with an attorney on, on ways to do it so that uh, you're less likely to blow it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some yeah. of the, the mm-hmm. tricks, if you do decide to do a pen name, uh, one of the big questions that come up is how do I register the copyright? And that's an easy question to answer. You can register the copyright in your own name, in your pen name, or in both. And in most cases, it makes sense to do it in both. There's, there are different lines that you fill in on the application form. And one says your real name and one says your, your pseudonym or pen name. Oh, well, that's a great tip. So when you do do your copyright, you have the opportunity to do the real name and the pen name. But, of course, if they're trying to hide, then we have another problem, right? Yes, you can just do it in your pen name. Um, and just make sure that you keep enough paperwork I mean, with really your estate plan, that it's clear that that pen name is you, uh, because that's when it's going to matter when some if you when you pass away, if those are rights that you want to make sure your heirs know about and can uh, benefit from, that you make sure you make that clear in your estate plan. But you well, can just that's an excellent tip. Yeah. yeah. All right. So for estate planning, notify your heirs and put it in your will, right? Yes. Notify yeah. heirs. And put it in the well. All right, that's a good idea to do. So let, let's talk about, I want to get into a little bit more, why a pen name? Why a pen name? I mean, you hear a variety of reasons why people do it. 
um, and you might want to share some of those. But when does it make sense to really do the the alternate? Well, I think the biggest reason is privacy. People maybe are writing something a little racy, and they don't want uh, people to know they like bondage fiction or something. Um, (laughs) Or they're writing a memoir, or they're writing something based upon real people, and using a pen name will make it a little harder for people to figure out who you're writing about and who you are. Uh, Again, it might be that you have a common name or a name that's already, a name of an already famous writer, or that you're doing a collaboration, and rather have than having two or three names on the cover, the, the collaboration comes up with their own pen name. Um, mm, some people great, yeah, names. good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, some people with really long names, long last names, want to shorten it because it's, you think about everything's a thumbnail online, you, you want to have like a four or five letter last name if you can. You don't want a 17 letter last name because no one's going to be able to read it in a, in a thumbprint. So I think, but I think the biggest reason that it appeals to people is that the sense of privacy, they feel more free to write and publish uh, things um, they don't want their neighbor or their boss to know about. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let, this is kind of a good segue because of the, the privacy situation, the libel situation, yeah. some people being challenged with slander. Um, and I guess maybe, Helen, first of all, why don't you define the difference between libel and slander for our listeners? Well, both of them are a form of defamation. Mm-hmm. Uh, slander is spoken, libel is written, but let's call it defamation because that's the bigger category. Defamation is a false statement that can be read as a fact, not as an opinion, but as a fact about an identifiable person that seriously damages their reputation, their ability to be part of society and earn a living. Uh, and if it's a public figure, it has to be made with knowledge that, or, or reasonable knowledge that it was false. So it's a mm-hmm. difficult case for people to present. But let's look at that one element, which was an identifiable person. A lot of times, I mean, you can change the name and you can change the characteristics, but to, to mask a person, let's say if it's a fictional piece. Um, but if also so you change your name, it may be harder for people to identify that the person you're talking about is your brother-in-law or the former boss or something like that. So pen names are often used as one more layer to make it harder to identify the bad actors in a book. Also, that people think it might keep them from being tracked down and sued, it probably won't work that way. I mean, with yeah, the internet, I don't think so. you're gonna, yeah. people are going to figure out, if they can't figure out through the internet, if they end up going to court, they're going to figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do. I mean, the, it's, 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 it's very hard to hide. And it used to be in the old days, well, if I have a C corporation, it'll protect me from everything. If if a lawsuit comes, and I, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> it, it doesn't, and I, I do talk about this in the book as well, that this myth of that if you incorporate, you somehow have to have this shield against you mm-hmm. from liability. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really work for writers because it's not the act of the corporation or the LLC that defamed somebody. It was the writer. So mm-hmm. people just will sue the corporation and the writer. Yeah, they just it, will. 
typically they sue everybody in in Timbuktu if they can. Yeah. I mean, you're so, you're looking for where the deep pocket is, and and sometimes you don't know what the deep pocket is, so you throw out a very wide net. Um, if, I mean, that's if, been my experience when I've you know yeah. observed lawsuits. Um, if if a writer is writing a high risk book, you know, where you're really the, the writer's going after big money, big banks, big ag, something. Um, it's a better option is to get media perils insurance. It's expensive, mm-hmm. but if you buy insurance, and I do talk about this in the book, if you buy you know insurance. What, let's, let's hold on that because we're going to take a quick break here because I think opening up the medials peril insurance and what it does is an important topic. So let's okay. come back after our break and just kiss that one. This is author you, your guide to book publishing. I'm Judith Browse. With me is Helen Sedgwick. And she is the author of Self-Publishing Handbook. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you or another? Author You will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author You is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join Author You today through its website at authoru.org. Follow Author You on Twitter at Author You and on Facebook at Author You, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. Author You, where the author goes to become seriously successful. Impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop, sizzle, and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience. And your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand. Nick Selinger of NZ Graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts. With over 20 years of experience in graphic design, he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need, such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. 
Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, Helen, let's talk lawsuits and <laughs> if, 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 they, if they happen. I mean, I'm aware of some of what, what's called slap, uh, slap laws. So I, I would like to have you kiss on that because a lot of people are not familiar with even the term on that. But what happens when th- there's two sides of this, I think, that we need to address. What happens if you get hit with a challenge and why should you think about perils types of insurance? Um, as well as what happens when you go astray and you basically might have been conned or roped into something you had no business getting into. So I don't, I don't know which way you want to kiss first. Uh, well, let's talk about SLAP. I mean, what, what SLAP is, is uh, suppose you're a journalist and you've written an uh, expose exposing a particular company to uh, you know, the, the fraud and pollution caused by a particular company. Uh, the company may turn around and sue you claiming um, that by quoting their website you violated in their copyright and you violated their trademark rights and that you've defamed them. Mm-hmm. And the company knows that they don't have a claim. They're merely intimidating the publication and the um, reporter or the writer for, for posting this material and trying to discredit it and, and get it off uh, out of publication. So that's called a strategic lawsuit to, against uh, public participation. Is that, that's what the slap means. And uh, it's part of the abuse of our legal system, using big bucks to intimidate. And so many states have what are called anti-slap provisions, which is if you can demonstrate to the court that this was a baseless lawsuit intended to intimidate, you can win an award and you can win attorney's fees. Um, anybody who feels that they've been hit with a slap or threatened with a slap, uh, it's beyond what we can do on a radio show. You need to talk to an attorney who's familiar with that area because, uh, you, you know, your home and your lifestyle is at risk. You need to get some help. If you do have insurance, was called media perils insurance, which is quite pricey, but worth it if you're writing a high-risk book. Um, what's great about insurance is they hire the attorneys and handle the litigation. Uh, if you have a corporation, you, still, you would have to hire the attorneys and handle the litigation. You really want an insurance company to do that if it makes sense for your book and your budget. And so what kind of books, Helen, would really be, uh, or maybe we need to say a genre writing into and an author that you really need to be, you know, looking at medias and perils insurance? Um, frankly, it has to do, I think, with the, the overlap of money and emotion. Mm-hmm. I, I think if there's a lot of money involved or if anybody, the writer or the target, the person you're writing about, has a lot of money, there's mm-hmm. a chance of getting sued because uh, lawsuits are very expensive. And so, even though you may be writing about your mother-in-law, if she doesn't have the money, if she doesn't have forty thousand dollars to drop on an attorney, she may not invite you to any family gatherings. But she's probably not going <laughs> to sue you. Um, but so, you know, that me, is one of the. Let me just do a side thing. I, I think when people do memoirs, that's one of their biggest things. Yeah. If they're afraid, you know, maybe they, especially if they came from a, and this is very typical, they they had a very abusive upbringing or there was a really bad apple in the family. And it could have been a mother, 
It could have been an uncle, you know, fill in the blank. They've, and, and so when they're starting to write them, there is this fear of even having in them because there's going to be a retaliation. And, and my experience is the retaliation is most likely you're excluded from the family gatherings, which might be a good idea. But that, you know, <laughs> why do you uh, want to be around these people? But, yeah, I, I think people, that's a whole topic. But with memoir, it's not the writing it, it's the publishing it that gets you in trouble. And that writing it may be incredibly valuable for, for the writer. Um, now, when, when that writer comes to publishing it, she, he or she may want to think about, you know, what could be the consequences. And are there things that I can do to lessen those consequences without, without weakening the message of the book? And often there are. You know, often you've kind of work something out in your system that you don't have to use the book to get even anymore. You're using the book to show your journey. What is ringing here? <laughs> Got it. Okay. okay. We're good. Okay. okay. So, so um, I can tell you a memoir that, and that really lawsuits are quite rare. Uh, people get upset, but often people are actually relieved in a family that the truth is finally out, or at least somebody's thoughtful version of the truth. So, uh, I try to encourage writers to turn off that inner editor that says, mm-hmm. oh, my mother-in-law is going to be mad at me. Turn that editor off while you're writing, and don't mm-hmm. turn it back on again until you think about publishing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but, but I'm also going to come back to that, you know, that could be, I think I, therapy, I totally get that. But if it's really an intricate part of who you are in your core story, you know, I would question leaving it out. Uh, maybe you need to have a discussion with that person, or you maybe you talk to the you know your local attorney um, that has that has publishing experience, not your estate planning attorney, not your real estate attorney, and and get some input before you totally shy away. I mean, I'm more my style is more if it's the truth, it's the truth, and part of this, um, but. You know, you do have to look at the consequences. But, it, it works both ways. Yeah. But part of the message that a lot of people who've had a, who've survived abuse, they've mm-hmm. heard this message that they're not entitled to talk about it and they're not entitled yes. to complain about it. So I try to encourage people to get past that. They are entitled to write mm-hmm. about this. Um, and they should. It, and then don't turn on that inner editor, if ever. But if you're ever, it's only if you decide to publish it and, and and then there are ways to reduce the risk, uh, but still maintain the integrity and power of the story. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that until you've finished the writing part and the exploration part. So don't turn off that inner editor and go for it, is what I say. Yeah, I mean, I just really believe that. <laughs> because, I mean, I have one author I'm working with right now, and she had a really horrible mother. And I said, so did I. So, all right. So that that going through that, she says, and she said she'll be really angry. And I said, well, so? Yeah. So um, is she going to tell people not to buy your book? Is she even going to care about your book? Is she going to? Yeah, I mean, you really have to work that through. So Right. Or people say, I, sisters and siblings say, I don't want you to write about it. It upsets me to remember that. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's not a legal claim. As I said, that may affect whether you're invited to family gatherings. But a legal claim is, requires 
much more egregious behavior. But I mean, let's pause for a second. Let's first talk about what's permitted. I mean, what writers don't have to worry about naming somebody or talking about somebody in a positive or neutral fashion. You don't need permission to put someone's name in your acknowledgement or to say your fifth grade teacher's name or to list your sister's names. You know, if, if you're talking about somebody in a factual or neutral or even positive manner, you're not risking any legal claim. It's only when you're giving information that's seriously damaging to somebody, you know, that they're criminal, that they're perverted, that they're corrupt, professionally incompetent. It has to be a very damaging information. It's only then that you need to start thinking back. It's not that someone's obnoxious or overbearing. That's not a libel claim. It's that they're dealing drugs and murdering people. That's a libel claim. So uh, I hope I can put yeah. people, I can calm people down that, no, you don't have to worry about mentioning somebody in a neutral way or, or a positive way. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And I've told people that, too, that, you know, if, if this is glowing and positive and all that, you're a pretty safe territory on that. Um, but you never know. I remember, Helen, one time I did an interview um, in one of my books that was really, it. it I was really cheering for what she had done in this women's health uh, group that she headed up and it was pulled directly from the interview and and I've always told people when I done interviews and I'm quoting them directly I actually give them a copy of what gets written up so do you want to alter it do you want to make any changes and I give them the, the pages before and after so they can see how the whole segment that little module comes together and I remember one woman coming back she was in Iowa she says, there's no way I could have said this. There's no way I talk like this. There's no way. And my publisher says, and even though it was very positive, what I wrote, she said, we're going to yank this. It's just, I, I don't want problems. There's something off with her. And, you know, we did. But it was, I'll never forget that. But, but I, you know, when I'm quoting people and I've had a good relationship, you think, I, I always share some of those things um, ahead. And I, I actually get them to sign off when I'm doing interviews. That's a great uh, way to do it. Uh, it's just, it's, it means it's one less stress in your life, and I'm all for reducing stress. <laughs> so, uh, and, you know, lawsuits are often, I, I talked about money's involved, but often it's just emotions. Often there's no money involved, but emotions are so high mm -hmm. that uh, people overreact. So, and if there's a combination of a lot of money and a lot of emotion, you know, that's very dangerous territory legally. So, it's a judgment call. Um, you know, you, you have to think about um, if you're still going to be publishing very damaging information, then you need to spend some time uh, before you publish it uh, considering the risks and considering what risks you need to take for your story and what risks you don't really need to take for your story. Mm -hmm. um, and that's easier to do when you're, when you're far down the writing process. Mm -hmm. Does that mm -hmm. make sense to you? You yeah, work yeah. with writers closely. Oh, yes. Yeah, it does. And so I just want them to get, get the book done. Right now I'm in the middle of uh, uh, right halfway through my class I teach on how to write a book in four weeks. And, you know, I, I, I set boundaries really quick on what they can do and what they can't do. But the point is just 
we're, we're, you know, we're writing now. Just, just dump. I want you to dump, dump, dump. Don't worry about anything else. With that, we're going to take another break. We'll be right back. With me is Helen Sedwick. She's the author of a must-have book called Self-Publishers Legal Handbook. is your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these want to publish like a pro today well then take a look at ingram spark the only publishing platform that offers print and ebook services through a single source upload edit and manage titles all in one place take more control of printing costs with print on demand and reach even more readers through one of the world's most extensive distribution networks. Built by independent publishers for independent publishers, Ingram Spark has everything you need to maximize your book's potential color printing, ebook distribution, print on demand, global reach, and more. Start publishing with Ingram Spark today and see just how far your titles will go tomorrow. That's IngramSpark.com. Many of us have dreamed of writing a book. Some of us even have. Then the hard work starts. You'll need an editor. Who will design the cover or typeset the pages? Who will format the ebook? If you're a business owner, consultant, or coach with a serious message and expertise to share, the team of experts at 1106 Design can guide you through the maze. They've helped more than a thousand authors create top quality books and avoid the not so reputable self publishing companies. Learn more at 1106design.com. Then call Michelle at 602 866 1106 Design. Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972. They believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward.
your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. You know, this is kind of off the mark, but Helen, do you have any thoughts about, I I get this question a lot of times from people who are writing, not dicey stuff, but maybe um, uh, topics that include some psychology to it, or they think that that, that if they bring on a co-author. So I, I, I think what I'd like to have you kiss on is the whole collaboration do, and, and when you do a partnering in writing and what happens if it goes to hell, so to speak. And that they sometimes feel that they need to bring on a Ph.D., of some sort, uh, some highly credentialed person, and they're just, you know, Joe Smith. And they think that their story won't have enough power unless they need a cred with it. Now, you know, I have opinions about that, but I, I, do you have any legal side you're thinking about that? I, I, I insist and push writers very hard to sit down and try to put a collaboration agreement in writing. Because the process of sitting down and asking a bunch of questions, and I put a bunch of things to to talk about in the book, the process of sitting down and going through those things, even if they're a little uncomfortable, will will, um, expose, will disclose where you and your collaborator, your partner, are coming in with different assumptions. And it's where you have different assumptions that you're going to have a problem later on. Like if you're assuming... Uh, like you're bringing in an expert author, you're assuming that you're going to be the author of the book and that expert is going to be like just kind of mentioned and you, you talk about your interviews with them, at, but that expert thinks that they're going to be the co-author and their name's going to come first. You need to figure that out before you spend a lot of time on it. So one of the beauties of sitting down and putting an agreement in writing is if you do a really good job talking it through and putting it in writing, you may never have to look at it again because you've, you've talked through the issues. I get emails and calls all the time from people who started a project with somebody. They never put it in writing. They never really talked about it because it's a bit like a romance. You don't want to, like, analyze your romance too much. But, and then it doesn't work out. Most of the time it doesn't. They split up, and nobody knows you know, who owns what? What can you do with it? Um, can, does it, the project just have to die? Talk about those things up front. Um, uh, yeah. And if you, okay, if you haven't done it um, and you dece- decide you need to get out, you need to communicate with your, um, your partner. You need to, uh, and then try to keep it calm and figure out how to, Split the equivalent of the pots and pans in a way that you can both go on and continue to create and go on with your lives um, and try to try to put the emotion aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, yes, and, and it's a, this is a business deal. I'm just going to say this is, is a business deal. So you need to have expectations of what each of you are going to bring to the party, and if someone doesn't bring what they're supposed to bring, what's the consequence um, for it? So I, I always believe you plan the divorce before you get married. 
Um, and, I mean, and I know I was in a situation where there was three of us and I had written a book called The Dollars and Cents of Divorce many, 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 many years ago that did very well. And, and we were going to do um, um, I was approached by a couple people that that one I knew quite well and the other one was a good colleague of the one I knew quite well and had worked with for a variety of things. And, you know, why don't we take this and redo it and do a pitch and get it out there? And and I said, well, that'd be kind of fun because this is, you know, it's out of date and it, it should be doing this. And I actually agreed to do this, Helen, for all the wrong reasons. But the, but one of the biggest wrong reasons was I realized that I was the writer of the group and I was going to end up doing 95% of the work. And um, and that that is what I mean, we did sell it to a New York publisher um, and, you know, it was the third, third, third deal. And I just and I was the lead on it. And although here and the problem was I wasn't doing financial work at that time. I and I, I did it for all the wrong reasons that I wanted to be fun. I like fun. But, you know, I wanted to support my friend. But I had no business doing it. One of my mottos is don't do well what you have no business doing. I want all of you listening in to keep that in mind. Don't do well what you have no business doing. I really had no business doing this. I wasn't doing financial planning. My, I wasn't doing consulting on some of this pre-planning that was needed in the divorce. I mean, I was a great sleuth. I could figure out where stuff was, was unbelievable. And that um, it, it was wrong for me to do that because it didn't tie into who and what I was doing at that time. So that uh, I ended up, I completed the book. It, it was, you know, excellent book that came out. And that um, and it was my vow of never again will I go down that path because I, I decided that my relationship with Carol Ann was more important. She was my friend and I was going to support her, but I would not do this again. I completed it, you know, and and let it go. But you got to decide here what you're going to do. You do uh, collaborations can be very successful, but they can, unfortunately, most of the time, I think they don't work out. Uh, just in any relationship, communication is key. If you're finding yourself doing more work than you think is fair and you just simply stew about it, that's only going to make the matter worse. So uh, collaboration, like any other partnership, um, is benefits from forcing yourself to have conversations and communicate with your partner even about the uncomfortable things mm-hmm yeah it is and and just get it out there or right up front and I mean I did have discussions and and Caroline would say well you know here we'll give you more money and I said no this is what we agreed this is what the agreement yeah. and I'll get this done um, and I did but it was like but my, but the, but the outcome was I will not do this again you know uh, I have found collaborations work well if the partners start, don't start with the first chapter, start with an outline of your project, because mm-hmm. that'll really help, uh, help you learn whether you both have the same vision of the project. It will you'll get a sense of your, writer's, your partner's work style. I did a collaboration with somebody who was a last-minute person, drove me crazy, because I'm a, like a way-in-advance person. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And neither of us were ever going to change our methods. We either had to accept each other's methods or not. So start with a small project, which could be the outline of your book, um, and see how that works before, you know, date before you get married is what would be another recommendation on my part. Oh, a coffee, a book coffee. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you know, we, we actually had done that. We did lay it all out. But what I didn't, here's what I didn't do because I had, you know, I had already written the whole book and we were doing some ads and changes. And what I didn't realize when I said, you know, here, you guys, you know, this is your thing. You write this chapter and three paragraphs came back and I went, what the heck? <laughs> Just, and I had yeah. to, you know, I had to write it. So anyway, that was my saga. And it, and they can work very well because I, I have some writing teams I work with and they're, they're so much fun um, to see the yeah. creativity just bubble out yeah. in, in what they do and where they go with it. All right. So here's what I want to do here. I mean, we're doing segue, but I did want to talk about collaboration. Let's talk about some of the stuff that, uh, on, that people offer on their websites, all the free downloads from your books, um, yeah. maybe from other books, and also... Is there um, is there anything that you offer? What about some of the things that I see offered with internal with books, which I've always cautioned Helen authors about doing so much. When you start offering links in your book, my experience is those bloody links get broken all the time, and all of a sudden, you know, you're dated. You you've got a problem. Yeah. Um, in it and collecting back. So I'm, I'm going to tell people if you're referring to to uh, entities, articles, something in on someone's website, just give the master website and encourage them to search with this keyword or something like that. Good, um, good and it and, and you keep yourself out of of, of date trouble here. Um, so what do you well, want to well, add let's here? Let's talk about um, you know if I Google my name, I'm going to mm-hmm. see 40 websites offering free downloads of my books. And mm-hmm. it's upsetting. It, it's like a kick in the stomach. Nobody likes to see these people offering your books for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there are things authors can do. Although at the end of this, I'm going to say it's not worth the, it's not worth the time. You mm. can you can send what's called a takedown notice um, to the you know, ISP, the Internet Service Provider that hosts the site and they can get it taken down and if you if you search takedown notice you'll see lots of instructions on how to do it or if someone posts a poem of yours on facebook or twitter facebook and twitter have a way of uh, of getting uh, sending a takedown notice uh, you to their usually their health menu um, but on a lot of these sites that are offering free downloads, they're scams. They're out of Russia or out of other countries. Uh, they're going to ignore your takedown notice, and they're not really downloading your book. They're downloading malware. They're using your book as bait, which is awful. Yes, like, no, yes, no they are. Yeah, okay. Um, you know what? Uh, here's you I need to, that's, I, yeah, we're going to take a final break here, but okay. I want to come back on the bait factor because it is bait, and it is malware. Um, that they're doing, and oh my God, we have Russia back in. I mean, Russia is notorious um, for that. Yeah. So in fact, you may you may click on it and you find um, babes, your babes doing all kinds of things. Uh, oh. I'm telling you, it's it's really a problem for you. But we're going to come back and take our final break, and we'll talk about really how to protect your content. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these.
shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need the book shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Bryles will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd. If you want to create a book with no regrets, give her a call today, 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207 or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at MyBookShepherd and on Facebook at TheBookShepherd. One of the most important decisions you will ever make is your choice for printing your book. You are choosing a company which will be responsible for guiding you through the process and printing your book at a level of quality and detail that embraces your personal and creative needs. You want to choose a company that when your book finally arrives, you are delighted and ready to move on to the next level and one that is customer focused. Choose King Printing Company and Addy Books to be that company that brings you to the next level. Go to kingprinting.com or call 978-458-2345 and ask for Tom Campbell. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years' experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, in this last segment with Helen Sedwick, the author of Self-Publishers Legal Handbook, the second edition, that's the one I want you to get. It has a black cover. Um, It's updated, highly, highly recommended. And um, I bought my copy, and I had the other copy, but 
you know, things get updated all the time. And one of the things as we went to the break is they wanted to come back on um, how companies out there lure others in via the Internet. Um, and we're dealing with content theft. And then I wanted to focus on one of the things when you're looking for self-publishing, indie publishing help, what, some of the things that you need to look for and how to, how to keep away so you don't become prey, which actually in a lot of cases you are. So, Helen, what do you want to add to that? Well, we were talking a bit about the companies that offer free downloads of your book, and um, this is a problem. Every every writer is going to have this problem that their books are going to be uh, used as bait by these scam artists. Uh, there are a couple ways you can send takedown notice. And Judith, you would you and I were talking during the break. There are companies now offering this service. Uh, helping you monitor for these kinds of sites and sending them the notice that they have to take your book off their site. And what were those companies that you, Judith? Mm-hmm. Oh, the the ones that I've recommended is Piracy Trace. Okay. P i r a c y t r a c e dot com, and they will monitor. You put in your your book title, your ISBN. Um, they'll monitor it. One book for a dollar. Uh, uh, five uh, five books for $4, uh, 10 books for something like $8. That's a month, all right? So if you just have one book, you think about, okay, so this is really something that's really bothering me. And because Helen is absolutely right, this is malware bait. And they're trying to get you to redirect you in capture and get you going in another area. Um, people who, who download the freebies because they have to turn over their email usually to do that. And um, that uh, th- this is a way to let you know who the players are, who, who's offering your stuff. And you'll get, you get reports. You can download anytime to see where they are. The second thing is I would go to is a, is a website called IP. That's uh, Igloo um, Penguin, IP Watchdog ipwatchdog.com and they have a the, the legal letter to take content down and don't change words in it don't think that you're a better writer it's the legal letter and you do as you add the, your title and the, your ISBN and you give them the IP and you send it off to the wherever it is being posted and and as Helen says they've got 24 hours to yank that baby down doesn't mean it's not going to pop up again but so you've got monitoring you're going to be doing, um, and you decide how you want to manage your time. All right, so I'll just say that. Yeah, and it's also the option is that you could just do nothing. Uh, that's what, it's the choice mm-hmm. I made. It because it becomes a game of whack-a-mole, and you know they're all always going to be popping up, um, and I have other things to do with my life than because when I do these searches and I see that there are forty different sites offering my website. It, it just rattles me. It, it rattles me. It really bothers me. And then I can't get anything done, and I think, well, I could spend the next 45 minutes like trying to get all these guys to stop, or I can go to a yoga class, and I'll go to the yoga class instead because I'll feel better after that. So, you know, there are choices other than the, it, it's just a personal choice, but it's nice to know there are options out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. Okay. So let's just, you know, in our, our last few minutes, let's talk about... <laughs> How authors can protect themselves, not just from the whack-a-mole approach. Oh, yeah. Getty, the worst Getty, ones Getty. are the, yeah, the, yeah, some of these companies, because we're, we're dreamers and 
we're somewhat vulnerable to these people who are going to charge us a lot of money and give us poor service. And there's a lot of that in the self-publishing area. Uh, you know, there's a company, Author Solutions, that has a whole family of different companies that have a terrible reputation and and and, and well deserved for charging a fortune, overselling writers, um, and not providing very quality services. You know. Personally, I think authors are better off if they're going to be independently publishing by working, uh, really working with an individual like you, Judith, or there are other individuals where you're really talking to somebody who has their own small business who cares about your, your book and their reputation, um, or doing it yourself. That I, I have, you both, both of us have heard stories and talked to people who have started working with these self-publishing companies and have been talked into tens of thousands of dollars mm -hmm. worth of services. And these companies tend to target the elderly. It's really upsetting. But they tend to uh, manipulate people to say, don't you want to be remembered by this wonderful book? And if you just spend $10,000 more, and so, so you have to be, very careful. There are a lot of very honest people in this business, but there are some companies that are taking advantage of unsophisticated buyers and dreamers. And so I just want to warn people to really do your homework and research before you sign on with any self-published serv servicing provider. And there, yeah, are, there are sites yeah. where you can find that information. Well, I'm, since you mentioned Author Solutions, I'm just going to tell you, you know, some of the other names of Author Solutions, you, you know, you would see Author House, iUniverse, yeah. Trafford Publishing, uh, Ex Libris, uh, Paulo Libro, Book Tango. Uh, 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 then they have they have these kind of t stealthy deals with like with Simon & Schuster's, there's Archway Publishing, Thomas Nelson. I have seen more people sucked into the Christian publishing thing with West Bow Press. Hay House, Balboa Press, oh my God, and Guidepost, Inspiring Voices, Writer's Digest even has Abbott Press. And there's others out there, but I'm telling you, if, if whatever, if the, if the key address, the city is Bloomington, Indiana, run, run. The <laughs> other thing is some of them pretend to be traditional publishers. They ask you to submit mm -hmm. your manuscript for evaluation as if they're accepting you. And mm -hmm. they accept everybody. Um, but it's a way, and, and they yes. pretend to be a publisher, but as soon as they ask for your credit card information, they are not a traditional publisher. They're a self-publishing company, and you need to approach them the same way you would anybody who you're about mm -hmm. to pay five or $10,000 to. Do your homework. Do your home. Yeah, there's just no question about that. And I just, Helen and I have... Uh, files of people who have been taken to the cleaners and how we have tried to help them unravel and get some of their monies back. Um, and, and sometimes we've been really successful and other times just too much time has passed uh, yeah. in it. And, and I, Helen, I'll never forget the time when I asked this, this one individual, says, so why did you sign with them? And, and he said, I just wanted to get them from stopping to call me. <laughs> yeah, they they are experts at uh, separating you from your money. Then that's what they care about. They don't care about your book. They mm -hmm. don't care about you. They care about what money they can get from you. Mm -hmm. um, and it, the, and it's 
just it's a huge but think about the used car salesman image keep that in mind as they're trying mm-hmm. to sell you they are selling you they're not and they're upselling and and they yeah. they specialize in upselling and so you you may get in on the bare thing for 567 or whatever you know for for, for we'll, we'll publish your book for 447 dollars and all of a sudden you're in for four thousand five thousand six thousand ten thousand um, I mean, I've seen people up for multi-five figures um, wow. in these things, and that's just not where you want to get. And another thing I'm going to tell you that if anyone approaches you and they say, look, if you change your mind, you can get out, because a lot of times they'll have termination clauses in there. And, and Helen, we only have like two minutes left, and I'd love to kiss on that. But if anything has a clause that says mutually agreeable, don't sign it. If you want out, there's rarely anything mutually agreeable about it. I've had people terminate with these companies, and they're still selling their books. They can't. You, yes. You, I, it's been a year of telling them, take my book off your website. Stop selling my book, and they're still doing it. Oh, I, you know, we had that happen with Morgan James. You know, we we terminated. One of my partners said, well, let's go with them. And I said, oh, my God, what a mess. Accountability, accountability what a mess. And we terminated with them years ago, and they are still selling the book. Oh, yeah. This is why I wrote the handbook. (laughs) There you go. All right. So, you know, (laughs) so in in a minute, I'm going to tell everyone more more time. Um, Helen Sedwick is a California-based attorney. She specializes in author and business law. And she's just done an update. It's it's really pretty much hot off the press. But the self-publisher's legal handbook uh, it's a second edition. I just highly recommend it to all of you. It's, it's you know, it's not bedside reading. I get that. But it's something that you can pick up and, and start with the very first chapter. I mean, just really the whole setup here um, as you get into it and you get, you know, it's it's indie authors to the rescue, a whole kind of components. So, Helen, thank you so much, so much for being with me again. We'll have to do it. We should do this every, like, every quarter, just, you know, what's going on in author land. <laughs> in doing that all right everyone author you has got the extravaganza popping up here september 7th to 9th plan on being in denver colorado information is on author you extravaganza.org we'll be back with you next week part of your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles each week 